0: Would you guys turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3? Today we're going to uh, kind of conclude on transformation and the power of transformation. We're going to talk about how transformation works and then we're going to even uh, share some environments. Probably um, going to get to a, another funny story in my own life, kind of a very embarrassing moment in my own life. Um, and I believe it's really applicable because I think so many times in, in our walk... There are things that we just, um, we want to be over. You, do you think, you know, I've grown up past this space in my life, and then uh, life has a way of bringing us back to those spaces that we're not as grown up as we thought we were or we haven't concluded, and yet God always makes up the difference. Can you? I want you to always say, God is good. He is so, so good. And you know how many times I don't hear people talk about how good he is anymore. Um, I think I, I hear people just talking about all the, the hardships. And in my personal life, I would say, I would say about a half a year ago, uh, a little bit more, uh, a real hardship happened in my life that made me really press into God and further than i've ever had and it changed my prayer life in fact even in my prayer life is evolving i would say that and it's becoming very militant and and i want to help you guys understand that in fact uh, the elders are going to help me with that and this wednesday this week wednesday um uh, seven o'clock um um, seven o'clock wednesday night we're going to have a prayer meeting here and what we're going to be doing is is we're going to have about four breakout sessions And then we'll teach you, uh, give you a scripture to pray, and then we'll have some uh, groups out there praying with you. And more people learn how to pray because more things, this is something I learned a long time ago, more things are caught than taught. And Jesus says he taught his disciples how to pray, praying with them. And so we're going to have a prayer meeting, and hopefully we'll have a lot more prayer meetings in the future But helping you to understand prayer. One thing the Lord is even teaching me recently, he goes, Ron, you're praying um, over the, uh, basically what he says is uh, square footage. I've been praying that the enemies would lose territory in my life, that the enemy, I, I see spiritual bulldozers. Pushing back space where the enemy had occupied, like these spiritual bulldozers. So let's just say that I owned this much space, you know, in my life before, you know, you know six months ago. And now what I'm praying is, is that God would, I'm saying Satan you are losing territory. God, God said, we're supposed to be out doing good and destroying the works of darkness. And so I'm, bull, I'm praying in the, with God's angels in the spiritual realm. They're pushing back. And God says, God, just, so just this week. So this is right off, hot, off the press for God with me. He goes, Ron, all you're doing is you're, you're praying for um, you know, your square footage. What about cubic footage? And, I, and I, went, I never saw it. God wants me not only to pray this way, but this way. And that I would own more space in the spiritual realm. And so that, because the enemy, that's where he lives. He's not trying to just live in my environment here. He's trying to live in the environment this way. And that's why the Bible says in Ephesians, God said, as he seated us in heavenly places. And so my prayer now is beginning to take on even more effectual. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man is fervent and effective. It's fervent and effective. And I believe it'll tear down things this way and tear down things that way, amen? And I'll even tell you guys and share you with a funny story how God, again, makes up the difference. He's such a great, great God. It's not about how spiritual you are. It's how great God is all the time. Amen? It's always been about how great our God is. And so Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, you don't want to miss it. God is, I believe God is going to train us and equip us. And we all know it's the inauguration time on Wednesday, stuff too. What a great time for us to be in in prayer amen we're supposed to be praying obviously for our nation well maybe you do know or don't know this there's really about five focuses or five pictures that we have um, of to communicate how we at life change church we want your life to change i mean that's our vision we want your life to evolve to be transformed by the power of god and there's five areas that we really focus on it and you you hear us all the time talk about grow in god love others and reach your world but what you didn't know is we were always at the same time behind the scenes trying to teach you about serving your Lord, serving your creator. And also, and, and Pastor Jenna's has done such a great job, and the team's done such a great job of teaching you guys that, you know what, that we are supposed to worship. What, you know, and this is an audience of one, an audience of one. And so uh, today, I'm going to be kind of talking about growing up. And, you know, God wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature, and there's areas how he does that. And one of those areas we're going to talk about is devotion. And then we're going to be basically talking about fellowship. And then we're going to be talking about, you know, because God wants you to grow up through devotion first. That's you and him. Then fellowship with others around in him. And then then he's going to grow you up through your life experiences and we're going to break up into experiences trials temptation and you know and then we're just going to be taking about the enemy himself taking care of the enemy itself so if we could read in second corinthians chapter three a promise that god had in the old testament and even much more so in the new testament which means the new promises god has for our life today second corinthians chapter three starting with verse 12 And I'm going to read from the um, Amplified, I believe this is the Amplified translation. Since we have such a glorious hope and a confident expectation, we speak with great courage. We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites would not gaze at the end of the glory which was fading away, but... In fact, their minds were hardened, for they had lost the ability to understand. I pray to God that, that we don't get there, that we lose the ability to understand. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted. Have you ever been around people that can just read the Bible like crazy, just, but just don't seem to get it? That's because of that veil, the spiritual veil. Because it was removed only in Christ. Only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why until you're born again, until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible is not going to change your life. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil of blindness lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns in repentance and faith to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. was song we sing emancipation from bondage, true freedom, and we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So breaking that down in the Old Testament, Moses had this space, and we're gonna read it just, and we're gonna read the excerpt of it from Exodus in just a moment. But Moses would take time to be in devotion with God, which is what we keep trying to you guys to do. And that we're supposed to radiate God. I have a friend of mine, Lee Cummings, who, who named his, you know, the, actually through the Lord gave his church name Radiant. What a beautiful name, Radiant. Of course, that's who we're supposed to be is radiant God's glory. We should just radiate his presence all the time. And here's Moses who radiated, but yet in the old covenant, it said it dimmed. And so because the Israelites didn't want to see or Moses didn't want to, or a combination of both, they would put a veil, they'd put something over him so that the people would not see that it was dimming or that radiance was dimming. The Bible says you don't have that covenant yours doesn't dim yours gets brighter that you should have more radiance of who God is as you get older in God as you do more devotions as you spend time fellowshipping with God as you spend time going over there having experiences of God with God that you're going to radiate more and more of who God is in your life In Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, we capture a picture of what we just read in 2 Corinthians 3. Exodus 34 says this in verse 28 Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And all that time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, carrying the two tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become so radiant. See, you're going you're to be in your workplace. You're going to be in schools. You're going to be in the gas station. You're, gonna be, you're not going to understand. You radiate God. You don't get it. But why are people drawn to you? Why are people asking you questions? Why is this intersections going on in your life? Because you're radiating God. And darkness it wants, is always going to come, want to be drawn to that light. And so, and, when, and, and so because he had spoken, I'm sorry, when Moses came down from outside carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. And so when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. You are meant to radiate, the reason we are transformed is so that we radiate who God is in our life. We begin to talk like God. We begin to think like God. We begin to emulate who God is. We, and you know what, and yet, because you're human, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, and I'll be talking about those funny ones in a moment with my own life, but you just you're going to make those. But the thing is, is what goes on inside, God wants to get on the outside. So number one in your, in your notes, your transformed life is meant to be seen. So Christians, there's no such thing as a closet Christian. There's no such thing. I mean, that you're meant to radiate who God is in your life. And, and I know that there are a lot of uh, people, and I know that I was extremely insecure. I flunked speech class in high school. So I get the, the, the insecure picture. But let me tell you something. The Bible is not giving us a spirit of insecurity. We are, we are secure in who God is in our life. Now, all of us have, have different gifts and different abilities and stuff. But I, I've met some people that had just, like my wife radiates the idea of connecting people. And because of her radiance of God in my life, because of who she is in God, she has that that radiance of God has transformed my life that we'll get to that in a minute about her fellowshipping with her 24 7 has changed my life I'm transformed because of who she is in Christ Now imagine with you and all your gifts and some of the gifts that you have that my life is transformed Your life is transformed because of our fellowship and i'm getting a little ahead of myself here but that's how important fellowship is that we need to do that. So our lives will be transformed and it's meant to be seen, all right? And so I wanna get to number two. The transformed life is radiant of God's presence in your life. So if you're saying, well, pastor, what does transformation mean? It means you radiate who God is. That's, that's what that means. It means you're, you're gonna express, I mean, you're gonna, this is who God is in, in your workplace. This is who God is, and this is how God responds to this scenario. And we're gonna be talking about some of those uh, life scenarios in just a moment. Number three, his presence or transforming power will come through your devotion to the Lord. So how does this transformation come? Number one, through your devotion to the Lord. Your devotion to the Lord. Joshua 1.8. Joshua was about to face, and everything inside of him, he thought, I want to do this. I am raised to be the next leader. He was servant to Moses for all those years. And what I love about it, maybe you don't even pick up, is that when Moses sometimes would leave the presence of God, check it out. You'll find it in Exodus, Moses stayed there. I'm sorry, Joshua stayed in the same space where Moses left. Joshua just wanted everything he could get he wanted to be a radiant person like Moses was and so Joshua 1 8 here's Joshua about to take on this endeavor with God's people Moses is now gone Joshua 1 8 the book of the law shall not depart from you Joshua from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For when then will you make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So how can we have success and prosperity in our life? Because we meditate on it. We think about it. We live the word of God. God's word is alive. I remember when I was a children's pastor, I would, I had this Bible. You just, you opened it up and it had a little trick thing. It would, it had a little igniter and it would light up and it would just become this, and of course the kids would just go, wow. Well, that's because the word of God is lit. It's lit up. In Hebrews chapter four, it gives us a picture of what the word of God really is in verse 12. It says, the word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cut in between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. God's word is alive. John chapter one says, Jesus, and the word became flesh. God's word wants to walk out, wants to radiate. His truth wants to radiate in through your life. That's what it's longing to do every single day. And so how can that word come alive unless you're meditating on it, giving yourself entirely to it? Number four, his presence or his transforming power. So now we know it comes through devotion. Transforming power will come through fellowship. And I'm kind of hitting on that in a few areas. Through fellowship. Proverbs 27, 17 says it this way. As iron sharpens iron. I love it. Our elder Richard already quoted this. As iron sharpens iron, so is a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men... Will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. This uh, last week, I was um, invited to um, fellowship with some other men that uh, are live in the north, Mears area, and uh, they um, they do this. Uh, they had this new ministry, and. Uh, And because of the bars closing down, they had this, this, somebody came up with this from Grand Rapids, Michigan, said, you know what? We gotta get outside our doors. And and sometimes you invite people to church and you you ask them to come to church and and, uh, they won't come. And uh, so what they came up with as a ministry is uh, basically it's uh, the bar ministry, which means they go invite somebody and says, look, I says, why don't you meet me in a bar? Um, and we'll talk about Jesus. Now, I never heard of this ministry before. And so when I was invited, I was invited to a breakfast place, not a bar. And um, I probably would have been more hesitant if it would have been a bar. Uh, but listening to their, their passion and their desire to win people for Jesus, I went, it sounds like a great ministry. Pastor Ron probably not going to be part of it um, just because of what people might say. All right. But the bottom line is, it's like that anybody's out there trying to win people for Jesus. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm the last guy to point my finger at anybody. And so we're out having breakfast at Mears, Michigan. Believe it or not, the place was open. Praise God. <laughs> and so we had breakfast together and i meeting, uh, and one of them, uh, the men I knew um, from our church, because he invited me, Brian Kukla, he invited me to go. And then another man that had, had come periodically with his, um, his son, and he was praying. He says, God, I just pray that, somehow somebody could could talk to my son today i had no idea what his prayer was about jesus and so there his son is i'm i'm guessing he's around 14 or 15 years old and he's right across the table and I I mean if you're if you're breathing you're a target practice for me all right I want to talk about Jesus and anything else and if you're breathing I want to talk about Jesus in any way I can so I'm busy connecting with these men and and then I'm looking at this young man and I can just tell he's like he's around his old farts and he doesn't really know he's just he's there for breakfast and I'm one the Lord's just started hitting on me about I go I go you know what son, can I just talk to you about something? And we got on, somehow we got on the subject, you know, somehow, it's the Holy Spirit talking. And somehow we got on the subject of, you know, of when the temple changed. And we we got on the 10 tribes and the two tribes. And may that mean, that might not mean anything to you, but it set me up to win. And and there was a a temple that was obviously in Judah. And when Rehoboam and Jeroboam had split up and the kingdoms were divided, and the reason that they split up is because Rehoboam was a young man who was Solomon's son. Now, I have said this before. Solomon had, does anybody remember, like 700 wives and 300 other lovers? Does anybody remember how many sons he had? One. One. I think he had a problem. He couldn't seem to get reproduction working, so I think he kept on fighting. I think he, let, he, I think he was a typical male, he just wanted to blame the woman. So he got another woman to see if he could get her pregnant. Anyway, that's just my history moment for that, right? Point is, is that nonsense didn't stop in that situation, and ReaBom is the, the, basically the product of this Solomon's, all this wisdom, and guess what he does? Is that he becomes king, and the people of the land say, hey, we need to change, because Solomon was hard on us, and his leadership was tough, and it seemed to be taxing. And so Rehoboam, all the older generation, does this sound familiar? The older generation goes, yeah, there's something too that. You should change. You could win the people's heart. But Rehoboam said, well, what does the younger generation have to say? And the younger generation said, be even harder on them. You know what, you thought that by, you know, you thought it was hard with Solomon. I'm going to make it even harder. And I, so here I am, I share this with this young man. I says, do you ever feel that way sometimes? You're listening to your, 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 your boys, you're listening to all your friends, and, and you got different advice than mom and dad. I go, there's a place in the Bible that talks just about that nonsense. And so you just, I'm just trying to share with you that the Holy Spirit, through our devotion, if I didn't know the Bible, if I didn't spend time in the Bible, I wouldn't be able to minister in fellowship. You spend time in devotion first, so that Spirit can, God can move you into fellowship, and that God can work through your life. And so then, at the same time, had I—I I mean, here we are. This is this is this last week, and by the way, it was not the greatest uh, opportunity. In it physically, it was six o'clock in the morning to be at Mirs which is a 45 minute drive for me. So I gotta be up at 4.45. And I even call him, I said, I I said, (laughs) I go to Brian, I says, is God up? (laughs) So Anyway, so we just had a a funny moment in that situation. Well, bottom line is, is I'm gonna be there every Wednesday now. The fellowship of the spirit was so great and I was so excited and, and I even asked Brian, I go, Brian, I get get so excited about talking about Jesus, I know that sometimes I don't shut up. And so I want you to ask all your your friends, was I a problem or was I a blessing? Because I don't want to come there and take over. I want what God's doing there, I just want to be a part of it. I don't want to come there as Pastor Ron, I want to come there as Ron. And just want to be able to come in there and to add. I want a fellowship in the spirit. And yes, I have probably more knowledge than most of them, but if I can come and, and engage that and be a part in the blessing, then I want to do so. Amen? Amen? That's what God wants to do. Is, all right, well, the next thing I want to share with you guys, and uh, it talks about the transforming the environment, how God transforms you, is through um, environments. And he does this through three separate environments. One of them is God will work through these trials. All right? trouble. And many of us don't really understand. I was sharing this with my, uh, my youngest son this week. I said, so many people, so many Christians, all they want to know is God's love. I want to know God's trust. John 2 24 says this. God says, Jesus says, I know what's in man. I don't trust myself to them because I know what's in them. I want God to trust me more than I already know he loves. God loves people in hell but the ones that are in heaven are the ones he trusted. I wanna be the one that he trusts. And so I wanna go, what what can earn God's trust? How can I trust God and how can God trust me? I wanna learn that. And so these three environments God will bring and use, and let me just tell you something, it's so important for us because, in fact, I love it how our prayer over here was, Rachel, I believe it says that you know all, all things work together for the good. That doesn't mean that that's what God wants, but God will work it out. And that so many people will sit there and blame God for things that God had nothing to do with. God had nothing to do with it. All right. First one is, is trials. All right. God uses trouble to teach us to trust him. Trials and troubles. How many of you have ever had trials and troubles? If you haven't, if you didn't just raise your hand, I, can I please bring some of mine to your life, all right? Um, Just this last week, I'll I'll give you an example of it, but right after I read the scriptures, Romans 5, verse three through five, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Basically, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes that God is after character. He will work through this trial to bring out character in your life. God is after developing your character. 2 Corinthians four seventeen. for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs and will last forever. This last week... Um, I had one of those situations or trials. I had somebody use a piece of equipment of mine, and in doing so, they went out and uh, they got a flat tire. And they, it was months ago, and they never fixed it. So it, as frustrating as that can be, many of us right now, whether it's our marriage or whether it's some situation, you will let the frustration talk to you more than God's promises. Your marriage, frustrating. What's the promise God has in front of you? Stop thinking about the frustration, think about the promise, okay? Or the maybe uh, situa- Maybe it's not maritally, maybe it's financially, maybe it's health-wise or whatever. You, all you do is you allow the trial or the frustration of the trial to just, all it does, it just resonates and resonates, and it literally, all it does is it handicaps you to make a step. And so uh, my step was fix the tire. So I went there and, and uh, uh, had the tire and um, got it fixed. And you know what God did through all that situation? God blessed me because my wife hates it when I look at Craigslist. Anybody have one of those? Um, every time I I'll look, and I don't really look a lot, but um, I explore once in a while, just have fun with it. And so I'm over there and looking at Craigslist and, and because a lot of you guys know I own a boat rental business. Well, anyway, I just, I, I'm looking at boat parts. I don't, I'm not even looking at boats. Honey, I'm not even looking at boats. I'm looking at boat parts. (laughs) And see, and I I type in shore stations, and I see this shore stations at at this ridiculous price. $500 for one and $600 for another. Most of you guys don't really know that. Honestly, if a shore station's functioning, it's worth a thousand bucks. If it's just functioning. If it's a good one, it's worth 1,500 bucks. If it's a great one, these things are four to 5,000 brand new. And Shore Station, just like the name, is a brand name, which is the best brand you can get. So anyway, I make the phone call, and yep, they're functioning, yada, yada. So I go, honey, I said, would you be willing? They're up in East Jordan. That's a three and a half hour drive, okay? And so I go, honey, would you be willing to take a whole day? I said, we'll make a thousand bucks. I said, would you be willing to jump in the car? And yeah, 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 that'd be great. And then she, you know what she's thinking? I know what she's thinking. She, she's been dying to have time alone with me to tell me about a book that she's reading. And I won't sit still long enough to listen, okay? So this gives her the time, and then I get to have the great company. So it's all its all fellowship, amen? So it's fellowship. And so, uh, but the day before that, I'm fixing the tire. And if if you ever had... Crazy things going on. I, I went to get some fuel for the vehicle, and in the process of doing it, I left my wallet at the gas station again. And I never do this anymore. I should never do this, period. But I did. And so I, by the, then I'm going to pick up my sons because we got a couple errands to make. And uh, in the process of doing that, I didn't even remember because I'm just running. I'm going to fix the tire that might get this thing done. And, you know, because the frustrations all of a sudden, that's, that's what you're thinking. Right? You're not thinking about your wallet and you're thinking about the frustration. You're putting the tire and you're getting it all back together. And, and then, obviously, the next thing I know, it's about an hour goes by, and I go, I, I have my wallet. I got $420 cash in that thing. I don't never carry that much cash, but it's from a vacation we had. We just didn't spend it, blah, 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 yada, yada, whatever. So I'm, I'm going, oh, you know, and then I got all my credit cards in there. And then, you know, the only thing I'm thinking of is, I don't want Brenda to know. That's all I'm thinking about. I mean, fix it, whatever. Just don't let the wife know, all right? Because I really, this becomes our problem that I made, and it's embarrassing. And so I'm thinking, I'll, I'm getting on the, you know how you do, you're trying to figure out anything. I get on the phone, we call McCormick's, and they don't have it. My sons are helping. We were calling, and in the meantime, I'm driving by the church looking, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to meet with Pastor Mark. There he is. He's waiting for me. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm, not right. I'm, I'm, make, I'm making compound problems. All right? So I call up Pastor Mark. I go, I'm a little tied up. Exactly what I said. I'm a little tied up. Can't make it. And meanwhile, I'm, st- meanwhile, I'm trying to find my wallet. And so then all of a sudden, the, all of a sudden the, the, the phone number, wife's phone number comes over the car. You know, it says Brenda on the phone. Ah, oh, She knows. That's exactly what I thought. I didn't, I mean, anything. You know what, we'll get, we find another way, God, to provide, but she knows. Anyway, she goes, you missing something? I go, yeah, honey, I am, I am. I think, I said, somebody from FedEx picked up my wallet, drove it all the way to my house, dropped it off. Now, this is, this is the second time this has happened to Pastor Ron. (laughs) One time, it was all over Whitehall Road. Somebody picked up credit cards, put it all over the cash, drove it over. That was even more embarrassing. They dropped it at my neighbor's house. Hey, you missing something? So <laughs> I am, I share that. St- In fact, I even think about why do I, why does stupid keep happening to me? All right. And, and the thing is, I, I just want to share with you guys is this. I embarrassed by it. I mean, I can laugh about it, but I get mad at myself over this. I try to function and go, this is not happening to me again. This is ridiculous. This is this, and then, and then my son Nick is reading the audience to me. He goes, That happens less to me. <laughs> so I got somebody that's like 30 years younger than me who thinks he's better off than me already, all right? So the thing is, I will share with you grace of God, buddy, all right? God can make up the difference. Amen? God will make up the difference. And some of you get so frustrated over similar like a tire. Maybe it's something your wife said to you or, your, or, or something your kids said to you. And you're sitting there paralyzed over it. Stop it. The trial is it's there. I get it. It's there. But God is right there and going, look, I want to radiate who I am through this. I have some of my radiance. I have some of my glory. I have some of my provision. I'm going over there, and my wife and I would drive all the way up to East Jordan, pick up these shore stations, all right? This guy gives us so much favor. He has another shore station sitting right over there, and I won't even get into the whole part of that. He has another shore station. I go, wow, I'd like to have that one. It's a big, huge 5,000-pound, big old cover over it. This is a $4,000 shore station all day long. He goes, he goes, make me an offer. I go, 1,000 bucks. He says, you can have it for eight hundred. dollars tell me that ain't Jesus. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say is that God wants to radiate. But I could have been sat there paralyzed over a tire, a $20 repair. That's what most of us do. We'll get paralyzed over a frustration in our life and won't move forward into God's. And God radiates all of his glory, radiates all of his blessing, radiates what he wants to do in our life because he is bigger and better and more glorious. Let me tell you something, it was hard for Moses to walk up and down. I guarantee it was hard for him to wear a veil over his head, but God nonetheless radiated his plan through it. And then the last thing I wanna do is, now we've talked about trials, now I wanna talk about temptations, all right? God will work through your life through temptations. God doesn't tempt no one but he'll work through it. There are temptations that will come in your life. There are temptations going on your phone. There are temptations going on the internet. There's temptations that are going on in music. There's temptations going on in what you drink, what you eat, what how you talk. There are temptations. Temptation is anything that brings you in to the enemy's plan and design for your life. There's a God designed for your life. He has fashioned days for you. He's fashioned hours. He's fashioned blessings for your walk. And there's also an enemy that wants to fashion. Satan wants to make a mock of your life. God wants to radiate your life. There's two foes, two different directions you can go. There's no neutral. You're either going one way or the other. You're literally being paralyzed from a trial or you're being moved into a blessing. And that temptation of your walk, what are you gonna do with it? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, but such is common to man. What is common to man? Everyone is tempted. Everyone is tempted. You'll never outgrow temptations. You'll never be tempted by what more than what you can bear. God has already provided a way through it. Temptations are an opportunity for you to grow. The very first thing that we find out that Jesus, after he was the image of God, says, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. The very first thing Jesus went is went out into temptation. Temptation is when all of a sudden it becomes a place where you know what, you, instead of, recognizing the divinity and the presence of God in your life, you make it about yourself. You make it about what you want. Make it about what you belittle the plan of God and you make it all about what's this environment around you. Now, the third one I want to close on is being mistreated. How many of have ever been mistreated in life? If you didn't, raise your hand. You know what? I can help you out. I can mistreat you. All right? Because right? the Bible says this. It's the way to grow through treatments, being mistreated, God will work his plan out, because that's what we call forgiveness. I was sharing this with my um, son, Nick, when we were doing devotions on Friday, that this is where God wants to build who you are. You know the one thing that God never wants to have? He, there's one historical moment God never wants to ever, ever happen again, and that's where heaven's divided. I mean, God is working tirelessly right now so that heaven will never have another Lucifer experience. I don't know about you, but I can't even fathom if you know, one of my kids were to take, you know, I had seven kids, if he were to take one third of my children, so he would take one other person out of my family and go off into la-la land, never to see us again. That happened in heaven. Lucifer took one third of God's perfect creation, his angelic beings, off into to never come back again. Can you imagine God's brokenness over that? I can't even fathom that. You, you, you sit there, you, you'll do anything for your son or daughter. You'll do anything for your marriage. You'll do anything. Can you imagine the pain that God has gone through? The, 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 literally, the, the brokenness that God has. And God goes, that history is not gonna repeat itself because that was a perfect creation, that chose to be so creative in his foolishness. Now God has taken an imperfect creation and he's perfecting himself in. You are an imperfect creation that God is perfecting himself in, radiating his glory. Once you taste how good he is, once you envelop and, and, and embrace all through devotion, through fellowship, through these trials in your life, and you realize that, you know what? He didn't keep you from those trials. He just said, I'll walk with you through these trials, and I, we will radiate. I will, I will radiate my glory. I will radiate my presence. You'll have things to talk about when you go out for breakfast at six o'clock in the morning. You'll have things to talk about with your kids. You're across the table with them. You'll have things to talk about with those co-workers. You'll have things. It'll be my radiance of who I am inside of your life and those trials that I really don't really want in your life but those trials will produce the conversation and the behavior of who I am in life and will assure you that I'm real I'm authentic that I'm still God my greatest growth spaces have never been in the space of this four walls I was illuminated here, but I grew out there. I'll say it again. I'm illuminated here, but I grow out there. It's what God assures me and shows me. I I see it here. I do it there. And it's not the hearers of the word. It's the doers of the word that show faith. And so it's when we can show and radiate going back transformation it's all about radiance. It's all about radiating his thing. Fellowship, we do that through devotion. We do that through fellowship. And we do that when we, we recognize that through these trials, some of us, would say, saying, oh God, I want trials in my life. I want trials. Well, good luck with that. Because it's God's will for you to endure those. But I'll tell you what, oh God, I know they're coming. Give me the strength to overcome them. I'm not worried about them coming. I want the strength to overcome them when they're here so I can radiate who you are so that people can see that you're living and moving and active on planet Earth. Never has there been such a time for Christians to shine. Never has there been such a time for Christians to shine and radiate who he is to respond with his love, to respond with this hope. Faith, hope, and love. These three things will always remain. Do they remain in you? Or are you literally allowing yourself to be so disappointed, so discouraged? All it takes is a flat tire for you to get off track. I'm gonna choose to walk out his destiny. I'm gonna choose that when, when something discourages him or something so embarrassing in my life happens. All right, God. I'm a little ashamed of this, but I pray you can work through it. Less of me, more of him. You will not get more unless you tr- decide less. That's why we read it earlier. It goes repentance and faith, they go hand in hand. I repent of the way I would do it, and God, I receive the way you would do it. I repent of what I've experienced and I receive a new experience. I let go of my hurt and I hang on to your hope. It's transformation. Boom, 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 boom. Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, without you, I'm nothing. Without you, we're nothing. But God, with you, we can be all things. Your ability of your spirit your ability of your grace supersedes anything that can literally come against us so that we might radiate. Moses went without food and drink for 40 days in your presence. God, may we thirst and hungry hunger for such devotion, such time with you, God. May we not make it about when it's finished, but God, when you're finished with us, teach me Teach us your ways. Less of us, more of you. With your heads bowed and your eyes shut, I'm gonna pray a prayer of commitment, a prayer of consecration that all of us should pray. And in that prayer, if this is the first time you've prayed it, or maybe it's a prayer of recommitment where you've lost your way, after this prayer, through the worship time at the altar, After service is concluded, find somebody to fellowship with. Find somebody to connect with and say, I made that prayer mine. I made, I I fellowshiped in the Spirit. I made that personal with God. Let's pray this prayer. All of us pray this prayer together. Say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I receive your love, your forgiveness, your hope i let go of my hurts my disappointments god i let go and i forgive in jesus name i am being transformed into your plan into your image less of me and more of you in jesus awesome name i pray amen let's stand up and let's worship our jesus together If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.